the podcast service. Welcome to the House of God here at Christian Outreach Centre here in Charters Towers. And welcome to the first midweek meeting for the year, 2024. And you are all very, very welcome. And uh, last Sunday being the first meeting of 2024, I spoke of the perils of failing in life due to a lack of vision and purpose for our lives. And uh, without purpose, Hosea 4, 6 says, the people perish, or the people cast off restraint. Another version says, the people go wild. Without vision, people go wild. And that's true. And it came after I spoke to a young man in a retail store, and I said, what's this year got in store for you? And he said, work, party, work. And then I'm going to go to Bali and party some more. So it just caused me to think, that bloke needs a vision. And, uh, but we all need a vision, amen? And uh, I believe the most important dates in your life is the day you were born and the date that you find out why you were born. And uh, because that gives you purpose, gives you reason to get out of bed every morning. And so um, the simple saying that people do not plan to fail, but they just simply fail to plan. They don't give it much thought. God gave the prophet Habakkuk a clear command and you can have a look at that in that reference in your own time. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. And uh, when in the Habakkuk, Habakkuk's eyes, it all seemed lost in the eyes of the prophet. And it was. It was a terrible time. The people had already began to be taken into exile. And they were just about to, looking down the barrel in a few short years of 70 years of exile into Babylon. And there was doom and gloom had filled his mind, heart and future. And all he could see was despair and more heartbreak. And sometimes life can be like that. We go into a season and it can be despairing. But the clear command to the prophet from God, and he says, I will set myself on the rampart and hear what the Lord has to say for me. And so he put a demand on his faith and called out to God and said, Lord, what will I be doing? And the Lord, the Lord said to him, in fact, it's not an idle suggestion, but it was a command to the prophet and he said, write the vision. And it is what I encourage every single person to do. Write a vision for your life for this year. You'll have a vision for your family. You'll have a vision for your church. You'll have a vision for your spiritual walk with God. And we want to grow in all those areas. But the easiest thing to do is, as God commanded, write the vision. And uh, I'd like for you, if you would, go to the podcast and listen to that message because it's a a prequel to this one, and I pray that that message will build your life and be a catalyst for to you, for, to, you to grow in God. And I believe growing in God is not by accident, but it is but like God himself, by design. It's not by accident that you will grow in God. It's not by accident that your business will grow. It's not by accident, but it's by design. And this year can be a, a year of growth in every area of your life, and I pray it's going to be a great year of growth for this church and for your spiritual lives. God is a God of order, and by applying what I will call spiritual principles and truths in God, our future takes on an order that is shaped by heaven. And so who'd like, who likes the idea of having your future shaped by heaven? Oh, I would like that more than anything. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, and God will direct you if you have ears to hear. And it's not like God is not always talking, but the fact is sometimes we're just not listening. And Proverbs 37, 23 says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. You know, so the Lord wants to direct our steps. But writing the vision for your life is imperative for any successful venture. 
And so, is there anybody here who'd like to have your steps ordered by the Lord? And 2000 and beyond, infinity and beyond, I can hear one of those movies. But once having written the vision as God ordered the prophet Habakkuk, what then? What then do we do? And so that's the question I thought I would embark on just tonight, just briefly. I won't be preaching for very long. And I can hear an hallelujah already under your breath. But tonight I would like to take us into another a vital facet or an aspect of seeing that vision coming into being. Turning a pipe dream into a present reality. Who knows, we can all have pipe dreams. Or the frustration of having a dream and not being able to see it materialised. And uh, taking that dream, vision and hope, which are, vision and hope are both futuristic, but faith is now. And who here would like to see materialise God's vision for your life? We want to see it come to pass. We want to see it materialise. It's great, great to have a vision. And I encourage you to have a vision and write that vision. And then what then? And which is what I'm going to focus on tonight. But the vital facet which is the title of the message tonight, is the word of faith which we preach. And that's taken from Romans chapter 10 and verses 8 to 10. I pray that you write those scriptures down, that one there, and go over that one in your own time. So I'd like if you would turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, and I'm going to read three verses there. So it won't be too heavy going. And uh, I believe this will put some bones or put some substance to that vision that the Lord has probably already given you. Now here is the Apostle Paul speaking. It's in Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. And he says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That's the title of my message. That is the word of faith which we preach. And here it is, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made until salvation. To see your vision materialize is locked up in these three small verses here. And I pray that the penny's going to drop and unlock it for you tonight. When reading these few verses in Romans 10, I'm reminded that the Christian faith is often called or described as the great confession. This is the word of faith which we preach said Paul to the Roman church in that letter. And so Paul states, in a no uncertain terms, that if you confess Christ, then you will possess Christ. Isn't that interesting? Imagine if you applied that principle to other aspects of your life in faith, or in what other endeavours that God has got you doing. That if you confess Christ, then you will possess Christ. Does God have a charge against us if we don't have faith or a believing heart, which is imperative. Paul stated in uncertain terms that if you confess the Christ that you would possess him, but it is always from a believing heart. So if we don't have a believing heart, does God, do you have a charge against God for not having a believing heart? You say, well, I just don't have that faith. But the Bible's very, very clear. Paul makes it clear in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, a few verses down. He said, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Isn't it amazing? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so if we lack faith or don't have faith or don't have a believing heart, God has indicated here, shown to us plainly, that there is an, an ability for us to obtain this faith 
which we so desperately need to, to live a successful life. You need to have an active, believing is the verb of the same Greek word pistis, which is faith. Believing and faith are the same word. One is just a verb and one is a noun. Believing is the, is the doing word of faith. It's the active word of faith. And so believing is active, it's not passive. People say having faith is a passive thing, but it's not. Believing is a verb. And so the Word of God then has, tells us that God has an amazing ability to impart faith to those who have a heart for it. If you have a heart for truth, when you hear the Word of God, it will impart faith into your spiritual man. Amen? You have a spirit man and you have a flesh man. And the one will try to dominate in your life. As a Christian, we need to have our spirit man dominating in every aspect of our life. How do we do that? By depriving your flesh man and feeding your spirit man. That will make you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So when you confess, you will possess, says Paul. That's what he's saying. It's very, very crudely put. What you confess... You shall possess. It's a spiritual law that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and we create our world by the words that we speak. Amen? The Lord said in Isaiah 57, 19, he says, I create the fruit of the lips, says the Lord. Isn't that amazing? The, the, the Lord says, I create the fruit of the lips. When God spoke it in, into being, the fruit of the lips came into existence all creation. And so with that, with that thought in mind, I'd love if you would go to Genesis chapter 1, and I'll read a couple of verses, but I won't read all the way through to Revelations. It's okay. So here we are in Genesis chapter 1. I just love this in the Hebrew. It says, Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, isn't it good stuff, isn't it? And it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering, or in another translation, brooding, like a, like a hen broods over its eggs or chicks. So the Spirit of God was brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, what we're talking about today is confession of our mouth, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Isn't that awesome? It's good stuff, isn't it? And so the Spirit of God was brooding or hovering over the face of the waters, waiting for the, for the spoken word of God. You see, the Spirit of God was waiting for the word. The Spirit of God was waiting for the word of God to be declared, to be spoken, to be prophesied. Let there be light, and there was light. And the Spirit of God enacted on that spoken word, the Spirit of God enacted on that declared word, and the Spirit of God enacted on that confessed word. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see there, the correlation? You want to speak something into being, declare something, confess something, but the Spirit of God is waiting for you. Spoken, declared, and confessed word over your life and the vision that God has for your life. God said to Habakkuk, write the vision. So what then? Habakkuk's written the vision, so what is he supposed to do? 
Well, he's beginning to pray it in. He begins to declare it. He begins to decree it. The Bible says you shall decree a thing or declare a thing, and it shall be established. I mean, that's what the Bible says. It's a spiritual law, and we can apply these spiritual laws to the vision that God has given you for your life, to the vision that God has given us for this church. We have a vision for this church. It'll be absolutely packed to the gills. There won't be room out there. We can have open-air meetings because it's not big enough in here. That's the vision that we believe for God. And we keep saying words in alignment with that vision. You don't speak against the vision that God has given you. Because the word, it says, the, the Lord upholds his word above his name. Amen? The Lord upholds his word above his name. So we got the Word of God, the declared Word of God. We come into agreement with the Word of God and speak the Word of God over your life. We speak that Word over your marriage. We speak it over this region. We speak it over our leadership. We speak it over this church. We speak it over your business. We speak it over your family. And we speak it over unloved, uh, not unloved, but unsaved loved ones. That's what I meant to say, not unloved saved ones. <laughs> That's what I meant. You see? Our words have to, de have to align themselves. And if they need... And I have found our words sometimes to be need to be recalibrated with the Word of God. Our words need to line up with what God says. Some people, you talk to them, they're always talking about their ailments. And they confess it, and they confess it, and they confess it. I've known some people for 30 years, and they're still confessing the same ailments 30 years later. And uh, that's amazing, isn't it? But you can confess healing. The Lord says, I am the Lord your God who heals thee. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. That's, that could be your confession. Or you can just confess, and the fruit of the lips, you will have the fruit of your lips. And so the Spirit of God is waiting for your spoken word. In other words, in a lot of ways, the Holy Spirit is basically unemployed until you begin to speak the word of God. He stands, against the, he stands against the wall of a lot of churches with his hand against the wall, scratching his head, waiting for the declared word of God so he can enact on it. The Spirit of God often remains unemployed in our lives because we've given him nothing to work on. But you can declare the goodness of God in the land of the living and you will be surrounded. You see, the, the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. Oh, Siri's not a new concept. In the beginning, God created, God said, Vayomer Elohim, let there be light. Yehi or, Vayhi or, and there was light. Amen. Oh, it's good stuff. Think for a moment that the Spirit of God is waiting for the voice of faith to be confessed and to be declared. The Spirit of God is in your home. He's in your car. He's with you at all times. And He's waiting for you to declare something that He can enact on. When God created the cosmos and Genesis chapter 1, it said, God said 10 times. 10 times in one chapter, it said, God said, Vayomer Elohim. Can you say that? Vayomer Elohim. Elohim, God, this plural. Elohim is a plural na uh, name. Im is anything in Hebrew, is im is plural, which already means in the first verse of the Bible, the plural nature or the triunity nature of God is already revealed. So in Genesis 1.26, let's quickly go there, and this is a powerful revelation if you can get hold of it, and I pray that you will. It says, so God created man 
in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. There it is very plainly for all the ABC fans out there to understand. God created male and female. That's not rocket science, is it? But it seems to be these days. And in verse 28, then God blessed them and, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So here we have, in a couple of verses, you and I are created, made in the image and likeness of God. We're called to be fruitful, multiply on the earth, and take dominion on the earth. And so we, say, we see there, then uh, you and I made in the image of God. And God gave to us a delegated dominion of the earth. You are not equal to the birds and to the bats around this place. You are made to have dominion over bats. Amen. They are not to have dominion over you. I know that's not rocket science, but this is what the word of God says. God brought the world into order through the spoken word and the vehicle of faith. Isn't it amazing? We're talking about the declared and spoken word of God over the vision that God has for your life. And you want to declare what God says over your life, for your life, to bring it into being. God brought the world into order through the vehicle of the spoken word and faith. And you and I, made in his image, are called to bring our world into order through that same vehicle of faith and declared and spoken word of God. It's good, isn't it? It's good. You and I are called to bring our world into order through the vehicle of faith and the confessed word of God. And you too can say, darkness must flee. Let there be light. You can speak into a dark situation, in a, home, in a home situation, in relationship issues, in finance issues, in health issues. You can say, let there be light. Let there be healing. Let there be prosperity. Let the provision of God come in the name of Jesus. Don't declare, we don't declare what we see because we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not thi things not seen. Faith is a substance, which means that you either have it or you don't. Where do I get this substance of faith? It says, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's good stuff. It's very, very good. Particularly if you're a young person and you want to establish your life in God, you want to, you want to just take steps all in the right direction. Amen. So if having a vision, purpose, and destiny for your life, I have described it as like throwing, having a vision for your life is like throwing a, a, a lifeline into your future. That's a vision. People die when they have no vision for their life. And the eyes are to the window to the soul, and some people's life has gone out. The candle has been snuffed out. There's no longer any reason to live. And people with no reason to live generally do not live very long. People with purpose live long lives because they've got a purpose to get out of bed in the morning. But I see having a vision, vision and hope are futuristic. And having a vision sends a lifeline into the future. But faith is now and faith is a substance Faith is the grip that holds onto that lifeline and you can pull onto that vision and begin to see it materialize. Amen? And begin to declare what God says for your future, not what you see. You're not motivated by what you feel, not motivated by what you see, but you are motivated by what you believe. I believe 
I believe God. I believe God has every good and perfect gift from above comes from God. I believe that. I don't believe this sickness is from God. And I'm sending it back. I say, return to sender. And I say, be gone. Can you say that when you get sick? Return to sender. Return to sender. Reject it outright. Return to sender. You and I are surrounded by the world that we create with the spoken word. It's a spiritual law. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We eat the fruit of the words that we speak. So we are surrounded often by a world that was created by our own spoken words, and yet we still want to blame the government, we want to blame our mum and dad, we want to blame our employer, we want to blame our husband, we want to blame our wife, we want to blame our children, and yet our own words do not declare the goodness of God over our own life. We should be more accountable for the words that we speak. Amen? And so you and I are surrounded by the world that we create with the spoken word as heaven and the counterfeit kingdom are both voice activated. Isn't that interesting? Heaven is voice activated, but so too is the counterfeit kingdom of darkness. It too is voice activated. And we can declare into that kingdom or you can declare into God's kingdom. So who then is accountable if we're surrounded by lack, want, sickness and dysfunction? And I have sound, uh, I'm old enough to know, and you probably are too, that some people seem to be always, even though having the same equivalent resources and strength and every other thing as somebody else, some people seem to live a life of lack and dysfunction, and others seem to just get on with life and begin to prosper. Often it is, often comes down to the words that we speak. Declaring the word of God, as we said in in Romans chapter 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. Salvation is appropriated by the confessed word of God. And so is everything else. It's a spiritual law that can be applied to all facets of life. And so the Bible tells us for our benefit that I can change my world by changing what I confess. That's what it's saying. And uh, it's, it's difficult for me not to go past very, very quickly, Mark 11, 22, 24. And you'll see that I've come over, the, over a 12 or 18-month period, you see I come back to this scripture a few times. And so Mark 11, 22 and 24. And this is a powerful scripture that you can apply to this very, very principle in life. And on a daily basis, you should be conscious of these verses here in Mark 11, 22 to 24. Very, very powerful scriptures. And this is Jesus speaking, and this is after he's cursed the fig tree and it died when he spoke to it. He spoke to that fig tree and it died. And he said, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And so the object of our faith, a lot of people with positive thinking and all this sort of stuff, um, I'm, I'm a proponent of having a positive attitude in God. Amen. Not positive thinking in my own abilities or anything like that, but Jesus said quickly here, he said, have faith in God. So the object of our faith is always God. As a believer, our faith is in God, in nothing else. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Have faith in God. And in verse 23, for as surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, and so that says whosoever, whosoever, 
Are there any whosoever's in the house tonight? Are there any whosoever's listening in on the podcast tonight? Whosoever. So it's, it's for everybody. It's not, it, doesn't disti- it doesn't distinguish here. Whosoever says to this mountain, and in this regard here it's speaking to problems, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the, those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. You see, that confirms the scripture back in Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 10. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. How about that? So it says here in a nutshell that whosoever can have whatsoever. How is that for a, just a little whosoever, that's you and I, can have whatsoever. If you want a D9 bulldozer, you can believe for it, you can declare it, you can decree it, you can speak that thing into being, you can put plans into place, you can write the vision, and you can begin to speak over that vision and see it come to pass. Or I'm talking tonight about uh, not just having a, a pipe vision, but materialising the vision that God has for your life. And there are some other things which I won't go into tonight, but this is basically step number one. Write the vision and then begin to apply the spoken word over that vision in the way that the Lord would have you. Let's go to Ezekiel 37, and I'm going to wrap it up there. Ezekiel 37. And you say, well, gosh, my hope and my vision, it looks pretty dead. It looks pretty bad. It looks pretty gloomy. It looks pretty sad. Uh, everything about it looks like that I don't think life can be injected into this thing. I want to say from the outset that resurrection power is the Christian message. And there is no ship that can't be salvaged, no situation that cannot be raised up. In, his, in Ezekiel 37, you will know this as the, as the story of the dry bones. Who's heard of this story? The Valley of Dry Bones. It doesn't get any deader than dry bones. Amen? It's dead. It's dead. It's, it's beyond. There's no flesh. It's not, it's not just dead. It's de- real dead. Okay? It's e- extremely dead. It's exceedingly dead. The Valley of Dry Bones is ultimately dead. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were many in the open valley. He's, in other words, he's in a dark place. He's in a valley. Uh, and, and everything around it is dead. And he said to me, this is God, he said, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, this is a good answer, God you know. <laughs> what a great answer, God you know. <laughs> he didn't say, yes, can these bones? No, they can't. He said, Lord, you said, Lord, you know. I'm going to read this through quickly now and then wrap it up. But this is awesome. Because it reiterates what I'm trying to say, confession with your mouth, confess with your mouth, declare with your mouth, create your world through the spoken word of the tongue. And again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Here it is, he's speaking. Prophesy is speaking over that dead situation, the valley of dry bones. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh to cover you with your skin and put breath in you, and then you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling, 
and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skins covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, come, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Don't turn off yet a couple more verses. So I prophesied. I spoke, I declared, I decreed, I declared the word of the Lord over that situation, over the vision that God has got for your life. And he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Oh, fantastic, isn't it? Verse 14, I'll wrap it up there. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it spoken it, and performed it, says the Lord. It's a beautiful scripture when you tie it up with what I've had to say already tonight. The word of God always confirms itself. The word of God explains itself. And so I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And so as a new creation being, that's you and I, when you're born again, you're given a new spirit. You're made in the image and likeness of God, and your spirit is fully reinstated. And you're, as a new creation being, your words are spirit, and they are life. But they also can speak to the negative. But I want you to ask yourself tonight, can you see some things around your life that are are the result of the words that you have spoken? Are they the result of the words that you've spoken? And every now and again, at the beginning of the year, is a good time to do a bit of a checklist or to take stock and begin to think how I could do things differently this year. Life and, bre life, uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it shall eat its fruit. But that Bible, that Bible verse which we kicked off on tonight, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So salvation is appropriated by the confession and the believing heart coming into alignment together. But so too can other aspects of your life. Let's stand to our feet tonight. And I'm going to close in prayer. And then we can come together and pray tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for this word that you have given. I pray that the Spirit of God would seal that message, that word, and it will transform your vision for 2024. Yes, you have a vision for your life. You have a purpose for your family, for your business, for your property, for your children. But I pray in the name of Jesus right now, as you have that vision, that you will begin to speak into that vision, pray over the vision, declare and decree the word of the Lord over the vision, that you are not motivated by what you feel, not motivated by what you see, but you are motivated what you believe and what the Lord would have for you today. I rebuke every plan of darkness, every work of the enemy in the name of Jesus, and I pray, Father God, health, healing and wholeness, prosperity, Father God, for your lives and for your family and for your children and for your marriage in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, today, reveal to us and remind us, Lord God, of this important word 
that we too create our world by our spoken word as you spoke light into being and said, let there be light, so too we bring our chaos into order. We bring our world into order through the declared and decreed word of God. Seal this word, Lord God, today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.